Hey everyone, just a quick word before we begin. Etc. The podcast is a production of the Regent College Student Association, but is not directly affiliated with or endorsed by Regent College. Similarly, the views expressed on Etc. The podcast are only those of the participants and do not reflect the views of Etc. or the Regent College Student Association. With that being said, let us thank you for joining us on today's episode, and let's get on to the show. Get a quick sound check here. Hello, hello, Dryden's microphone. Hello, this is Russell's microphone. And I am talking into a Furby. Nice. Cool. We're good to go. Hello, Regent College, and welcome to the Etc. Podcast. My name is Dryden, and I'm here with my co-host... Russell. What's up? Russell. <laughs> uh, we are continuing our streak of... Uh, I'm just going to turn down my key. A little bit. There you go. We are continuing our streak of uh, faculty guests after uh, a long time of only student guests. Not that we don't love our student guests. We love everyone who's ever been on the show. But uh, we've... Uh, our last interview, we uh, sat down with Old Testament professor Matthew Lynch, and now we are here with uh, Regent's other favorite Matthew, uh, Matthew Thomas, who is, I'm going to see if I get this right, Assistant Professor of Biblical Studies and Theology, Department Chair at the Dominican School of Philosophy and Theology, plus a Regent instructor. That is correct. Nice. All for memory. Yeah, all nice. for memory. I did not have that written down or anything. <laughs> That is correct. Well, Matthew or Matt, do you mind Matt? That's totally fine. Matt's cool. Uh, do you mind Russ, Russell? Whatever. I've been called all kinds of horrible names. So Perfect. Amazing. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for being on the show with us. Today. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on your nice couch here. So Matt, this, this, yeah, I wish we could take credit for this couch. This it's from Ikea. Is it? That's it. That's all I got for you. This couch, <laughs> uh, many people would tell you that this couch is the number one napping location Amazing. In all of Regent College. Wow. Um, probably, though, in close competition with the big chairs in the back corner of the library. Wow. Well, I am I am pretty exhausted from hanging out with AJ last night. And so maybe I'll, maybe I'll take it for a spin later. Uh, we For anyone who doesn't know, uh, every Thursday night we have the good old Regent College pub night. And uh, that's where Matthew and I met last night was at was at one of these uh, pub nights. And, uh, yeah, the whole time I was thinking, like, doesn't this guy have to teach in the morning? Like, it's like close to midnight here, you know? Yep. But, uh, anyway, it's good to know that you're, that you can, you can, uh, work hard and play hard. That's what we like. <laughs> this is when you have, we have, uh, four small kids. And so, right. You, yeah, do a lot of the, the playing hard. So, <laughs> yeah. That's what we like to see at Regent. Yep. So, Matt, if I understand correctly, you are Regent alumni yourself. And have now uh, got, come full circle and have come back to to instruct. This is correct. So I've actually been doing the instructing stuff since I was still a student. And okay. So this would have started this guy's just flexing on us already. Truly, <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a huge jerk. In case <laughs> just to put that out there, he's just um, gonna sit here yeah. and make us feel bad about ourselves. Yeah, I'm um, a gold medal triathlete as well. Um, so, no, this was, um, I remember um, being contacted when I was, uh, this was, this would have been, gosh, 2012. So this was, I would just finished the degree and it was, it was kind of starting at, at, at THM where we were trying to figure out what I was going to do in the third, third year. And um, there was, the position was, uh, used to be called the, the tutor and grader 
in, in distance education for okay. those who uh, who are regent veterans. And so you have the, the distance education system where yeah. you have, you know, the professor, whoever happens to be, who is, uh, you know, gives all the lectures. And then you have somebody who does the tutoring and, you know, grading. Because yeah. They're not actually doing that. And then they um, so that was how I originally got started. And then it was the job was upgraded to I remember what the previous uh, coordinator, Mike Evers, uh, described to me as a bottom of the barrel faculty position, <laughs> which is called uh, to be an, an instructor in, okay. in theology. And so uh, so that was that was what I started doing. So that was in 20, 2012. And then uh, doing that, I guess, for about a, a decade until uh, just this past year when they switched the, the distance education uh, format, uh, so that, you know, it doesn't kind of do the pre-recorded stuff anymore. So, um, so throughout that time, um, had a chance to do, uh, courses for, for Dr. Packer, which is great. And to, you know, to work on, uh, when, you know, when he was still around, was able to work on redeveloping some of those. And then courses for, for John Stackhouse, uh, Hans Borsma, and then also for Stan Grenz, okay. uh, which goes a little way back. Um, have a great Stan Grenz story, by the way, which isn't actually really a Stan Grenz story. It's um, I was doing one of these. So it was, you know, yeah. you're kind of doing the tutoring and grading stuff. So you answer your emails and some of the persons listening to kind of Stan Grenz lectures and all that. And it was somebody who I think hadn't been to Regent previously. And so I think didn't totally know how the system all went and worked and everything. And they were under the impression that I was Stan Grenz. <laughs> and if you don't, I mean, if you don't know the story, Stan Grenz said that, you know, he tragically died fairly, fairly early. Yeah. It was maybe, you know, 10, 15 years prior. Yeah. And so I just remember there was this sort of realization <laughs> moment where, you know, this person thought Stan Grenz has been emailing me from beyond the grave. <laughs> um, and it was very confusing for them. And I had to clarify, no, I'm actually, I'm, I'm not sort of the, the ghost of Stan. You took on um, his persona. You started yeah, ghost writing as Stan Grenz. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a, so that was a, uh, that was, that was a, that was, that was a fun experience yeah. uh, to sort of, uh, you, you know, you don't typically have uh, professors who are going and, you know, grading your material on the other side of the mortal <laughs> coil. So that was a, that was an exciting experience. You could, you could weave, weave that into some sort of communion of the saints. Yeah. You know, I'm sure. Yeah, I think so. I think so. That's good. Something that was told to me about you, Matt, just anecdotally, uh, was that you, and, and, and if you're not cool talking about this, just shut me down right away. Yeah. But something that was told Stop to me right now. was that you converted to Catholicism as a result of your time at Regent. Is that an accurate statement? Oh boy. You just, you're just trying to get me in trouble here. <laughs> this is, this is, I can see why the door is locked here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the answer to that would, would be, yeah. Um, I guess I would say, this is something that I've, you know, spent a lot of time in, you know, thinking about, writing about, et cetera. And et cetera. For, Woo! There you go. That's yeah. Us. So I would say the the word that I I I I almost like avoid at like all costs is the word convert. Because okay. I think that to convert implies a sort of movement from one thing to another thing where it's yeah. like, hey, I've, you know, had all this stuff over here. I'm rejecting that. I'm yeah. turning, I'm repenting from whatever it is, and yeah. I'm going to go and go in this other direction instead. And for me, I think it was precisely because of everything that I encountered at rate, like, you know, at, at Regent, um, that it didn't turn me away to something else. It sort okay. of led me directly into, you know, what was, you know, ultimately, you know, the, the Catholic tradition. Okay. I think that that is part of you know, the real strength of Regent is that it is an evangelical school that is engaging positively with all of the Christian tradition in the sense that we're not just saying, hey, we're just doing, you know, Lutheran theology or we're just doing Anabaptist theology. Or we're just focusing on our personal relationships with Jesus. Exactly. Exactly. It's taking, um, and this goes back to, you know, foundationally folks like Jim Houston, stuff like that, where he's like, you know, he's, you know, Anglican Church of England guy. Um, but what's he really into? He's really into like medieval mystics and stuff yeah. like that. He really wants to get everybody in Teresa of Avila, which is not what kind of most evangelicals are doing. But yeah. he, I think, rightly uh, recognized the degree to which this is 
all riches that are intended for everybody, yeah. for all, you know, all, all believers, whether you're from, you know, an evangelical background, whether you're from Catholic background or Orthodox, any, anything like that. So um, this is, in a sense, kind of written into Regent's DNA that yeah. it is a place that takes the riches of, you know, the broader Christian tradition and goes and, you know, you get exposed to them for yeah. people who I think, in the most part uh probably haven't haven't encountered them before and which i honestly the the debt that i owe to regent uh you know for that is you know it's incalculable Mm -hmm. um so i think then what ends up happening is what do you what do you do after you've got all of this great stuff whatever you do after jim houston's made you fall in love with Teresa of avila yeah um what do you do on Sunday with that? Right. <laughs> because yeah. there's a, you know, it's interesting. There is, I, I remember, you know, when my, my wife and I were, were, we were here together. So we, we, we met actually, so just, we took Hebrew class just in the room, right, right over there. And together. that's how you guys met. So, yeah. That's adorable. Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember, <laughs> I remember being right outside this door here yeah. and like talking to each other after class yeah. and having all of the eyes yeah, everyone's yeah. looking at. It's like, <laughs> What's what is, going on? What is happening here? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I remember that. And then when we were dating, we took a, our date night thing was advanced Hebrew. And so cool. we, is just in the room, room right there with Dave Clemens, <laughs> which is awesome. And, uh, I'm trying to make myself sound not cool. Um, right. <laughs> so like, that's the nerdiest things I can say. It's like my date night was advanced Hebrew. Um, I, you know, my, my wife, I, I will, I, I will tell you, we just spent an hour talking to Matt Lynch about Sasquatch and the Nephilim. Okay. So excellent. like you're, you're not like, you're fine. <laughs> like, good. like go, go okay, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So one of the things that, you know, uh, you know, my wife, uh, you know, Leanne and I, and then, you know, other friends, because I think the particular generation that you know, were a regent, there is a lot of folks who have ended up, you know, being received in the Catholic church. Yeah. Um, and, and so my wife actually, she, she was when we were still students when yeah. she was still over here. And, uh, and then, yeah, a lot of our other friends who kind of working through similar stuff that's ultimately yeah. what happened. And the way we would talk about it is there's someone was like, there was almost like a three stage kind of thing. Mm. And so like the first stage that we found that we were at was, you know, you come to Regent, Jim Houston gets you reading Teresa Avila. You do all this great stuff. It's fantastic. Uh, you, you know, you're reading the church fathers and, mm. you know, just cool stuff. And you're like, this is great. So I'm going to go back to my home church context and I'm going to, you know, enrich everybody there with this. And I think that that, that's great. Yeah. And I think that there, there is a real enrichment that goes and happens. So, I mean, I was pretty low church evangelical as part of like a house church that yeah. was like sort of loosely vineyard and it was great. It yeah. was fantastic, you know, being able to, uh, you know, share that stuff with everybody. You're, you're freaking me out right now because you're describing the stage that I think I'm at right now. Oh, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm like, Oh no. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah. Okay. No. Well, so that's, so that, I mean, that's kind of Teresa Avila as a gateway drug. <laughs> that I have, I've described St. Teresa as a gateway drug numerous times. Uh, I think that that's entirely appropriate. So, um, so that's, that's, you know, you, yeah. you, you do that and it's great. And it's, I, I honestly, I think that there's so many places around that have been enriched from, you know, region folks, yeah. uh, do you know, do it, do that kind of stuff. Um, what can end up happening is the more that you, you know, more you spend time with Teresa, more you spend time with, you know, the church fathers or whoever, whoever happens to be, or even frankly, you know, the, you know, the reformers, um, you can start to kind of get a sense of like, man, there are things in my home church that are kind of like missing. You know, I'm, I've been hanging out with Teresa. She's telling me all about our church and I like, that sounds awesome. And my church just, we just don't really do that you know like so for instance like you know like the eucharist is like one example it's like yeah i didn't even know what the eucharist was yeah Yeah. so we said hey what do you think about the eucharist is like i didn't know that was a word yeah Uh, i hate card games yeah exactly (laughs) that's that's totally so um and so you know you learn about you know Teresa and the eucharist and her devotion to the eucharist and everything like just like i had no idea that was even a part of like you know christianity yeah and so then what can start to happen is you, I think denominationally you think, okay, well I might not want to go be, you know, a nun necessarily, but there's other denominations that are around that, you know, are still, still Protestant, but which incorporate more of these historic elements of Christianity and what mm-hmm. they're doing. And so 
uh, so you kind of move up the ladder a bit, which is kind of stage stage two. So for me, that was like that was Anglicanism, yeah. um, and I think for a lot of people historically, that's that's where it's been. You know, you can be it's the Via Media, yeah, yeah. You can absolutely you can absolutely do that, and so um, so the you you you, uh, you can go there and kind of do as much Catholic stuff as you want to do. That's kind of like a great way to describe <laughs> Anglicanism, yeah. by the way, is as Catholic <laughs> as you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is so to give a little bit of my perspective. I grew up uh, similar, like well, very low church Pentecostal yeah. background, and that's still how I would identify. Yeah. Um, but when I moved to Vancouver for the first time a few years ago. I was determined to not be Pentecostal anymore. Yeah. And, and I was going to Anglican churches. I was going to Orthodox churches, going to Catholic churches. I was yeah. just seeing what else was out there. Yeah. And that was one experience I had with the Anglican churches. I realized I went to a couple different ones yeah. with wildly divergent yeah. levels of, uh, of, you know, wildly divergent <laughs> levels on like the high church, low church scale. Right. Yeah. Like I went, I, I went to one where it was like, uh, you know, we do Eucharist with real wine. We all drink from the same cup, you know. Yeah. And then I went to one where it was like, yeah, and we got like the gluten free crackers over here and we got the grape juice over here and we got, you know, and I'm like, and this is the same denomination. And you guys are like on these on these opposite sides of the spectrum. But don't forget the cotton candy. You got to have the cotton candy as well. My, my undergrad is in worship arts. OK. And part of getting that degree is we have to do an assessment of worship services. Yeah. And so we were supposed to go to two different styles of worship service. Yeah. And so at the time I like I played guitar, predominantly like my lead instrument is electric guitar. Um I'm like the guy that I'll use Ableton as many keyboards and pads and and things as possible, get the lights and the smoke going and stuff. And so that's like my whole background. I was like, oh man, I gotta go to this Anglican service and do an assessment. And I show up and afterwards, I was like, I don't know what I believe anymore. <laughs> that, this, is, this was like, this was so grounded and nice. But yeah, man, I just love to play the electric guitar. Yeah. <laughs> it like led to an existential crisis. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah. But you no, know, if you're into smoke machines, man, like that's the Orthodox Church where they're the yeah. first ones to do that's that. True. You know, the smells, the smells and bells. Yeah. Smells and you bells. Yep. Yeah. No, you got it. So, I mean, for you know, for a lot of us, it was, you know, the Anglican church. I remember the first time I went to St. John's, I remember having a conversation with a friend back at home who also had a, was also, you know, kind of vineyard background, but we're also just Protestant mutts. We just kind of ended up there. We're all over the place. And, um, I remember going to St. John's and telling him, man, I feel like I have a sense of why it is that people would go to church on Sundays. Yeah. Like that mm. was one of those things that I didn't really have a super clear sense of, mm. but going and participating in this thing that had a real structure to it, which is, I mean, itself just based on the mass, really, if mm. you think of what in Anglican services, like it was a, it was like the early morning prayer service at, at St. John's. Yeah. Uh, it's like the, the seven thirty like uh, Eucharist one. I think it was seven thirty. It started out. Um, and I just remember thinking like having, having the scripture readings, having it oriented around the Eucharist. It was like, Mm. I can see why people would get up in the morning for this. Mm. And so for me, it had a huge positive impact Mm. on me. And I think for a lot of us, this is, you know, this is kind of the stage two thing where you're just like, miss doesn't mean that you don't love your, you know, your vineyard friends and being around there and stuff. But when you're around, it's just, you've, you got enough Teresa, you know, where you're yeah. just like, ah, it feels like there's something that's, that's missing or maybe multiple some things that are, that are missing. And so you kind of, um, yeah, you, you kind of like, you know, move your way up sort of the, 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 the denominational scale, whether yeah. Anglicanism or, you know, kind of a more traditional Lutheranism or, you know, those reform bodies that, you know, I think folks end up being able to fit in and stuff. And then, you know, stage three, uh, which is, I mean, this is where where we kind of ended up finding ourselves as well, uh, is Teresa has worked her way in too deeply. (laughs) Whatever it was that Jim Houston was doing, you start to question his motives um, because you start to end up in these existential crises where you're asking questions of authority and you're kind of going through everything. And you start, you know, you think to yourself, like, is as Catholic as I want to be actually like a tenable sort of principle of authority. Yeah. Um, because like, you know, as you were saying, it's like, you can kind of, you can kind of do what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, everybody can kind of do whatever is right. In yeah. Their own eyes. yeah. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, I remember that phrase before. I feel like it was a negative. Yeah. Phrase. I feel yeah, like yeah. It was in a negative context, wasn't it? And so, 
Um, so you really end up and, you know, and this is this is at least for me personally, wasn't like a whole like lot of fun in the sense yeah. that you're asking really more difficult, you know, questions, um, you know, about authority and ecclesiology and every, everything like that. Um, but I think for, you know, uh, you know, eventually if you continue to, you know, wrestling and, and processing, uh, ultimately uh, for, you know, a lot of us, you know, we've ended up either within the, the Catholic or Orthodox you know, tr- tr- traditions um, where it's in a sense, it's kind of like getting the full you know, the full version, the full experience of what it was that Regent had opened up for us. Cause that's yeah. really what Regent I think is uniquely just incredible at doing is it, it opens up, you know, those, you know, even juggles who are usually uh, not deeply rooted in their own tradition and their yeah. own, you know, historic Christianity. Uh, it opens them up so that you actually see what is part of your you know your inheritance you see what's part of your own sort of family lineage Mm -hmm. as a as a christian and um so from my standpoint i guess just to go back to the original thing that you said i think um you know if somebody is if you know if somebody is uh kind of you know in and around region or is evangelical what i have is being is thinking like is thinking in terms of like converting to catholicism yeah um my counsel in the abstract would probably don't if that's those are the terms that you're thinking in right um because the thing the thing that you have with your own inheritance it's not to say that every part of evangelical or like protestant theology is like hey 100 right or fantastic or like that but the the inheritance that we have as evangelicals is fundamentally right Mm. it's fundamentally good and if you're turning away from that to go to something else then you're probably making a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably, uh, you, you don't want to go and do that. Yeah. If, however, you get to a point where you sort of see everything within your evangelical heritage and you see the riches that are there and you see that from a standpoint of where you are, the, the fullest embodiment of this is, you know, within the Catholic parish that's there or within the Orthodox parish that's there. Mm. That can be hard. That kind of third step, kind of deal i think yeah. especially i think especially with catholics just because it's like i mean from my background i was part of like a million and one denominations yeah. and the only thing we had in common was we weren't catholic right and so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. this is the one piece of commonality that we all have <laughs> and uh and so that's you know that can be really really challenging but ultimately it's like you um you want to i mean you want to say yes to christ and you want to yeah. follow what it is that christ has has given what he's revealed and you want to follow him into the places where you know spiritually you know it's 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 bearing fruit like yeah. like, like c.s lewis talks about in the in the beginning of mere christianity where he says that you've got you know christianity is like this house with all these rooms and you can't just be in the hallway mm. you've got to actually be in one of the rooms and what he's saying um you know the, what are the questions you should ask when you're discerning about the rooms you say are these doctrines true and is there a holiness here mm. Are these doctrines true? And is there holiness here? And as somebody who had kind of been around all the rooms and stuff like that, I just I kept going back to those those questions. Are these doctrines true? Is there is there holiness here? Mm. And I I mean my own inclination, honestly, is just to hang out in the hallway. It's just yeah. so much easier to yeah. just you know just do do that well especially at regent i I feel like this whole place is kind of it's the hallway in the sense that like you are being shown around all of the rooms yeah exactly and meeting people from all of the rooms Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah yeah, exactly exactly but i think that lewis is right in that you have to actually you have to actually end up somewhere yeah and for me is i mean it's interesting that the place that i was able to take and kind of synthesize everything that i learned at regent in an actual embodied context where it all resonated and made sense was, was within the, you know, the Catholic tradition more yeah. so than, you know, than, than any, anywhere else I've, I've experienced. And so, um, anyway, that's a really long answer to what that's was a good. really, really short question. That's, that's exactly, no, that's, that's exactly what I expected. I am, I am curious if, if I can pick your brain for, for just a moment. Um, I say just a moment. It's probably going to be another 45 minutes or so. <laughs> um, what, uh, how would, how would you define evangelical? Oh gosh. 
And the 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 reason I'm the reason I'm positing that is because I I think I know how you're using the term evangelical. I also know how a lot of people from the church context I grew up in use the term evangelical. Yeah. And I know that that's a term that is gaining a lot of baggage these last these last few years. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. I, I, I'm curious because it's not, it's not something that's easy to define. No, what? I remember. Um, so literally in the next room over here, yeah. I remember, uh, taking, uh, this is a class with Craig Gay, mm. um, which is amazing. Uh, I had so much fun in his classes. Modern Protestant thought was okay. the best class I took here. It's incredible. And, uh, and this was, an, this is another one that was like a THM class and it was, you we had to write a paper on, you know, what, like what's the purpose of evangelical theology? Mm. And it was a four page paper. I think it was a paper I did worst on at Regent because I spent most of the paper in an existential crisis yeah. trying to <laughs> define the term evangelical. Yeah. And so because of that, I didn't actually even get around to answering the question. Really. Yeah. I was just sort of like this deer in headlights. Yeah, like, yeah. What do we actually mean? What are we talking about? When we say even evangelical. I think from my standpoint, um, and I've, I've written a little bit about this. There is a there's a, a book called um, uh, By Strange Ways that came out with Ignatius about a month ago. And I have an essay in, in it where I uh, uh, talk about a story, which it largely takes place at Regent, which mm. is kind of fun. Uh, so if anybody's kind of you know in, interested, you'll see familiar friends and professors mm. and all kinds of stuff. You can uh, it's, it's it's it was fun. It was fun to, fun to do. Um, part of it in the beginning, I tried to define what I thought an evangelical, you know, was. Yeah. And for me, it was somebody who took what the Bible and the early church taught and believed and put it into practice in their own okay. lives. And so from my standpoint, um, there wasn't, I didn't have an assumed kind of fall paradigm as far as like, you know, the early church thought this, but they were wrong. Yeah. Instead, we should go do something else. I thought that anything that you'd had to filter out of the faith was, you know, something medieval or something yeah. like that. And so uh, from my standpoint is you, you take the Bible as it's given, you take, you know, what the early church, you know, has, has, has modeled and you believe it and you put it into practice mm. and you take it as a, as a real authority. And that mm. was the alternative to that is a more kind of, pick or choose, pick and choose kind of, you know, wishy-washy kind of yeah. thing. Um, I don't, I don't like the word liberalism because, um, yeah, that's there's, a weird word. it's weird and there's, there's good and bad connotations for it. And yeah. like, sometimes you can say like, Hey, this is a bad thing, but actually there's really good connotations yeah. to it that you end up losing. But that's, I mean, if you want to use that word where it's like, um, it is a more idiosyncratic, okay, I like this bit. I don't like this bit. I yeah. will do this. These other things seem weird. I'm just going to not kind yeah. of do, do that. That would sort of be, the opposite of, of evangelicalism. And so for me, I guess, um, the way that it's, it's funny that, that this, this, this piece that I wrote is titled actually an unconversion, Mm. um, because it was basically me following those evangelical instincts, um, which, you know, were really honed, you know, over here as well. Um, you know, ultimately into, you know, full communion with the, with, with the Catholic church and how it was, Mm. you know, learning about, you know, the early church and, you know, with the practice that had the, the beliefs they had and stuff like that. Um, and just seeing like, Oh, this, the things that for me as a Protestant seem like that's weird or strange. Yeah. Like that wasn't just invented by like St. Thomas Aquinas in the middle ages or something <laughs> like that. Like these are things that really go back, you know, yeah. quite far. And so, um, you know, the question is like, well, what do you actually do with that yeah. do you go and say well the early church thought this but they're dumb and i'm like <laughs> i know better and so i'll kind of go with my my own kind of gut or like do you do you take you know the early early church um you know seriously as a kind of you know god-given authority yeah. to to be able to teach as far as what should how should christianity work yeah um which is a really good and really hard question yeah. because whenever you're asking questions of authority, I remember being in, you know, being around here just like shuddering at the thought of like authorities. Yeah. It's like, that sounds terrible. And like spiritual authorities, like yeah. people who could tell me, like, I think the Bible says this and you are the spiritual authority and you can tell me, no, it yeah. actually says this over here. Yeah. It's like, that was just so like anathema yeah. to, you know, kind of all of my, you know, D- DNA. Yeah. And so, you know, ideas like that were really, really challenging. Um, but then I also saw that I, I stood on grounds like that anyway, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like, if you, 
I mean, if you're a good Bible-believing evangelical, there's things in the Bible that you're going to come across and think, that's weird. <laughs> but it's like, also, I still recognize it as authoritative. Yeah. And so ultimately, my opinion matters less than what scripture teaches here. Yeah. And it's ultimately my opinion needs to be formed and molded by yeah. the authority that God has given and not vice versa. Not yeah. me just going and changing the scripture to fit whatever my own preconceived notions are, which are yeah. honestly mostly like informed by like Nintendo games and stuff like that. <laughs> if we're honest, so that is another it. thing. The two things I heard about you anecdotally were that you converted to Catholicism, which we've addressed <laughs> and also that you're a wicked smash player. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that was probably from AJ. So yeah. thank, thank you, AJ. <laughs> you can see, uh, I'm currently wearing a uh, Bowser socks. Have you, have his, you watched honor. the trailer for the Mario movie yet? I have not. Should oh. I? It's it looks sick. Really? It looks it looks good. <laughs> That's it. So I don't I don't know how I don't know how old you guys are. So I don't know if you're old enough to have had your hearts broken by the original Super Mario Brothers movie. I I what year did that come out? I don't know. But I was like pretty big Mario. That's right. great. And then there there's that movie. And I know that some people think that that movie is redeemable. Mm. And I just I don't know how to do it. Nin- so 1993. Yeah. So I was born in '96. I would okay. be two years old. So two years old. So, okay. Um, you might you might want to go back and have a look at it. Well, I remember <laughs> seeing it on. I, I've seen clips. Like yeah, the, I remember seeing pieces of it on TV when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but no, the the Mario Brothers movie that is now going to be coming out in 2023. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's it's CG. It's animated. It okay. Takes place yeah. fully within Mushroom Kingdom. The oh, art the, the art style is pretty true to mm-hmm. pretty true to the games. Jack Black is the voice of Bowser, oh, and he does so, a does a pretty job. good job. In the trailer, yeah, really? uh, this is excellent. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, this is very quickly going to divulge into. Yeah, <laughs> but this is this, this is the point of etc. You know, yeah. people yeah. people are always like, so what does etc. do? I'm like, um, I do want to say that yeah. I did lie to you today. Oh, fantastic! Um, when. Uh, when we were asked if we've ever met and I said no I actually we have met oh okay um, you were my TA in my very first semester at Regent wow uh, but it was distance ed so we never met but okay. I do have a message that you've sent to me really did you like did you find it, it oh amazing <laughs> it says hi Russell a quick note that your post was good this week thank you yes <laughs> but I've had to mark it down for going over 300 words <laughs> make sure to stay below this yes um, I never responded. I am absolutely shocked that Russell would have a hard time staying under the and, and in fact, that was sent almost four years ago to the day. Really? So we're, so tomorrow would be our uh, have you been our, out, have you our been TA that anniversary? Long? Oh yeah, that's I, I started in twenty eighteen. Really? To, yeah. Um, okay. I so I that's that. beautiful. So happy TA anniversary! Thank tomorrow. you. Um, which which class is this? That would for? be theology overview, I believe. Okay, so, gotcha. Um, Did you take the whole class? Like on distance? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was like that was when it was uh, like the pre-recorded lectures yeah. back before distance was like. That's amazing. Anyways, um, but now I am a TA, and okay. I was a TA for theology overview, and I am constantly hounding people to stay within the word count. So yeah. you're an inspiration yeah. to me. So, um, yeah. Thank you. I was really edifying. I'm glad that <laughs> me, uh, me going and pounding you on the word, the word limit, uh, has produced some sort of good fruit. So. I, I should go through and try to find what, what it was that I posted. But it was yeah. Probably, it was probably some nonsense as most of my responses. are. I so. love it. Uh, speaking of, uh, Jack Black as the voice of Bowser in the upcoming <laughs> Mario movie, uh, Matt, let's talk a bit about your book, uh, Paul's works on, of the law in the perspective of second century reception. What? I know that's not a, that's a paragraph. It's not a book title. I'm impressed no, that you did no, it in no, one breath. Segue. What was that? Oh yeah. No, that was good. I like that. It was well, well done. That was that. That was about as clean a transition as you can get. I, I think. I, I wanted, it was, uh, wow. I'm yeah. like, how do we get from Nintendo to this book? We're not going to. So let's just. Very good. No, it was, that was beautiful. I respect that. Um, beautiful. I, I, I have it pulled up on Amazon here. And uh, first of all, I'm seeing a lovely book cover. There's nothing worse than, there's nothing worse than an interesting book with a bad cover. You know, this is true. Um, one of the best books I've had to read so far at Regent is uh, Henry Nowen's uh, "In the In the Name of Jesus." Oh what yeah, it's called. and I, I loved reading it. Loved yeah. the book, but th- it just looks like something that would come in like a Hallmark card. You yes. know, it's such a poorly designed 
cover. I know that book and the four book cover. And it's just like, you're embarrassed to recommend it to people. Yeah. So anyway, thank you for not committing that that yeah. crime with, with your book. Your book looks well. Like I this, yeah. All of the credit goes to the art folks at Intervarsity. Yeah, they, but they're uh, they're not here, so you can. That's take, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll just take it. No, they were great. They did. Yeah. I mean, Intervarsity. They so originally it was published with Moore Zebeck, okay. um, which is they give you your just blank German cover yeah. kind of deal, and because it's academic, and then uh, Intervarsity went and purchased it a couple years later, and they on their I think that part of it was. They recognized they had to compensate for the extremely long and non-catchy yeah. book title, which yeah. is what the Germans wanted. Because so, when I when I see this title, my gut instinct is that's the title of a doctoral dissertation. That's yeah. not the title of a of a book. Yeah. But you've gone ahead and made it a book. So, so well, props. So it, it was originally called Early Perspectives on Works of the Law, which okay. you think that works pretty well because I'm looking at early perspectives in relation to old and new perspectives. And um, for the folks at Moore Zebeck, uh, they wanted something a little longer and a little more explicit and uh, not explicit, like, you know, yeah. kind of parental advisory, but yeah. like saying specifically what it is that this is. That would be is. sick if you could publish a theological text. That, yeah. That's the, yeah, the, the parental yeah. advisory. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so they, that was the title they wanted. And because it's like, you know, you're a, you're a sort of newly finished PhD student. They kind of make the call on this yep. sort of things. So it's like, okay. And so then when IVP bought it, their, their comment was, well, this isn't a very IVP book title, yep. but the book was already known under this title. And so they didn't want to go and try to change it. Mm. And so I think that they basically compensated for the extremely yep. long book title by giving it a really, really awesome cover. Yeah. And, um, they actually, it's crazy. Cause they had, um, they had two prototypes that they sent me. Okay. Um, one of which was this one, which I think is beautiful, but the other one also really good, but had like a black and white theme. Um, mm. I don't know. It's uh, or it's kind of like a dark gray almost. It was, um, I don't know if you know, uh, Metallica's, uh, the black album. We, we do. Yeah. Uh, so this, this does also double as a heavy metal podcast. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it, it was, it looks like the cover to the black album, okay. which it was really hard to say no to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this one uh, I mean, you'll, if you kind of put up the side by side, this one, uh, was, uh, we refer to as the Illmatic one, okay. um, because it sort of, if you nas Illmatic, uh, it, you have sort of vaguely a similar color scheme and you have right. the face like in the corner yeah, 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 and yeah. stuff like that. And, uh, and so that was, was made us think of, think of the most. And so we ended up going for, for Illmatic. I, I, I just want to say how thrilled I am that we've gone from Nintendo to Metallica to Illmatic to <laughs> a, a theological tome on, on, you know, the reception of Paul in the second century. Yeah. Well, we tried to talk about serious things. It, we just, do. it just didn't work. You're going to need to get we, a serious guest next time. <laughs> I do. I do also see on the cover that it is endorsed by Alistair McGrath and N.T. Wright, which... Those are two heavy hitters. So congratulations on Thank that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, have you, it, it, what, what I'm assuming you've met N.T. Wright in person. Yeah. What yeah. is he, what is he like in person? He's what does he, what does he smell like? I, w- I was yeah. going to say, what does he smell like? Um, I don't, I actually don't know what he smells like that no. well. Um, I will say he's somebody who I have a great deal of appreciation for. Yeah. And I think um, even though he and I aren't necessarily theologically identical, He's somebody who I have uh, really profited from yeah. a great, great deal, um, both from his own writings and theology. And then I think just also his example and yeah. the way that everything that he's everything that he does always goes back to embodied ministry, mm. embodied Christian, you know, service and practice and everything mm-hmm. like that. Um, I just I love that. And it's yeah. and it's um, and it's great. I mean, having, you know, probably the best known new testament scholar in the world be somebody who just wants to stop and pray and bless people and do yeah. all kinds of stuff like that all the time yeah as so you know fully committed to the actual practice of yeah. the faith which i just think is is a huge encouragement yeah. um however much you know you agree or disagree with you know the the big picture of his theology or you know some of the you know kind of uh you know smaller details and stuff like that uh it's a it's a really great example that yep. he sets that i'm i've just you know really benefited from yeah so um yeah it's it is i know that's something i've talked to some fellow region students about is is finding that balance between like okay i have these academic interests that i want to pursue i but i don't want to lose i don't want to lose touch on like the embodied you yeah. know the the pastoral presence in the world yeah. the, you know um and, and sometimes you hear 
sometimes you hear biblical scholars or theologians talking and you think like, you know, I don't necessarily disagree with what this guy's saying, but he just doesn't seem like a super nice person, you yeah. know? And yeah. which, which kind of makes you think like, so how seriously is he really, or she, I should say, how seriously are they really, you know, taking yeah. this stuff that, that yeah. they, that they study? Yeah. Yeah. So, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, also Alistair McGrath. Tell, tell me about, tell me about Alistair, your relationship with yeah, Alistair. Yeah, he's great. So he's, it's funny because, you know, over the years, there's been a, a few times that, you know, we've met up and, and done the kind of different things, but um, the relationship has honestly mostly been just writing back and forth. Okay. So, uh, you know, largely over, over email about all, all kinds of different yeah. things and then, you know, have a chance. So it was actually, it's funny because it was on the stairs right here. I remember Alistair was doing a, um, he was doing a class here on apologetics in 2011 mm. um and he was uh yeah he was he was here and it was i remember don lewis was walking on the stairs and i uh, ran to him i was like kind of going up i can't remember i was doing yeah. something and he's like hey uh you have a meeting with alistair at like 11 and i'm like what <laughs> he's like yeah i'm having you gonna meet with alistair at 11 I'm like what are you what do you mean yeah and he's like oh about your about your your phd idea yeah um which I mean, I only had basically my CTC two paper um, from my first year. Uh, I had an, it was, it's basically my book. Wait, really? Wait, you're that guy because I've heard legends of that guy. Because I'm a I'm a CTC TA right now. Oh, okay, awesome. And and uh, I took took CTC myself last year. Yeah. And I had like three or four professors mention to me like, oh yeah, like take your CTC paper seriously because we had one student who turned it into his doctoral dissertation you know, you know, at Oxford. So that's just like a legend that's been hovering. So that book on Amazon with the, the yeah. with the Illmatic cover. Wait, that, and stuff, that's it. That's literally, <laughs> they put the Illmatic cover on, yeah. on my CTC2 paper. On your CTC2 paper. Um, my CTC2 paper was about Christian heavy metal. So we'll see. Okay, yeah. We'll see if that. They probably give you the thing. Black Album one for that. Probably. Um, it seems a little more likely. So yeah, so that's, I mean, okay. that was, that was the, um, you know, I, uh, I, I wrote, wrote that paper and just kind of ran into some, some stuff yeah. where it seemed like what, I mean, it seemed like what the early fathers are saying on this, this topic, um, seemed to correspond really closely with the, the, the new perspective on Paul was saying. Okay. And then, uh, which is the NT right. Exactly. Connection. Yeah. NT yeah. right. And those, those, those kinds of folks are just like, this is kind of funny. Like, yeah. We're calling this thing new, but if you look in the oldest stuff, it seems old. like it's old. And then if you, you know, from looking at like Luther and Calvin, they were actually explicitly distancing themselves from, you know, these early interpreters yeah. saying, Hey, we think that they're, that they're wrong here. Yeah. And so, um, part of, I mean, part of the fun with New Testament studies is it's like a stream, extremely myopic discipline. Mm. It's like you, you're, uh, you know, you're looking really, really closely at the trees and often can't see the yeah. forest. Yeah. And so, I mean, you have this funny thing where like, we've been calling this thing the new perspective on Paul, you know, for, you know, decades yeah, but now. How, how new really is it? Exactly. If you yeah. actually look in the history of interpretation, it's giving you, I mean, a lot of this same ideas that are there and just ubiquitous within early reception in which, yeah. you know, the reformers are distinctly saying, hey, we think that those interpretations are wrong. We're going to go into what is in the 16th century, yeah. a, a new direction, a new, new perspective. And so, yeah. Um, so that was, that was kind of the, what I stumbled across in that, in that paper. And so Don sent me with, sent me up with Alistair to go and talk about it. So it was yeah. like, I didn't, I mean, I was, I was, I just finished my first year here and so yeah. I think what in the heck am I doing being with Alistair McGrath? And, um, so I went, I, I just said, Hey, this is what I'm interested in doing. And, um, and you know, I don't know if something's been done on this, but it just seems like it, you know, could be fun. Yeah. And, uh, and so he, you know, it was, it was funny cause he, um, he, you know, he paused after I was told my idea, he stopped and he said, well, you know, the thing is that, and he said it in a British accent, which yeah. I won't try to emulate. Um, he said, the thing is it's so hard these days to find an original idea to do for a PhD topic. Yeah. And so he pauses and I'm thinking, well, he's just going to tell me all the yeah, people who are written on this PhD topic and like, well, I'm dumb. And I should yeah. just go back down to the library. Um, and he pauses and he thinks, I can't think of anybody who's done anything on this. And I think this is a great idea. You should, you should definitely go for it. I'd yeah. love to see what you find. Yeah. And so he was, I mean, he really encouraged me to go, you know, go, go for it. Yeah. And um, so then this ended up turning into me helping him to revise 
um, his Justitia Day book, so yeah. the, his book on justification, which it turns out a lot of stuff that I was finding seemed like it was not really consonant with what his book was saying on, you know, early reception and all that. And so because we we're both in Oxford, I just kind of sent him a message and, and said like, Hey, you know, how's it going? You know, I, I've got all this, <laughs> this is what I'm doing. This yeah. is all the stuff I've been finding. It seems like it's different from a lot of what your book says. And so yeah. maybe, maybe we should try to get together and talk about it. And so I just kind of gave him all the primary source material I was working with just to see what he thought. Cause I'm like, who knows, maybe I'm wrong. And, um, I still remember this is this is so fun meeting with him. He goes and we you know we we set this up and he'd gone through all the all the material. And he, you know, sits down and he says, My book is the best book on justification that's out there. But the only reason is because nobody has bothered to write a better one. Mm. I thought was actually a really honest perspective. Yeah. And he just then proceeded to go and say the weaknesses of his book. Yeah. And he says, one of the weaknesses is that section on the early church I wrote in like 1982 and yeah. I wrote it using all of this secondary material. Cause it's a big, you know, he's yeah. doing like 2000 years of justification yeah. in one, you know, one, one book. And so he's relying on a lot of secondary sources, not on primary sources. And those primaries or his secondary sources were just unreliable. And yeah. He didn't, he didn't really know it. And so once he actually had a chance to go through all the primary source stuff, he was like, I have to rewrite this book. Yeah. And so it, he did to his credit. And he really, if you, if you have a look in the, the fourth edition of Justitia Day, um, both in the beginning at the end, he, it's as far as a kind of academic, like, you know, mea culpa, um, he really says like this version of the book should be taken as the definitive one. And the mm. prior one should be taken as, you know, <laughs> not reliable in mm. really important areas because ultimately it, the material that you know kind of came across there ended up changing the narrative of the book you know the previous narrative was you know justification means this over here and then saint augustine comes along and it, it's yeah. you know because he can't read greek this ends up meaning you know now make yeah. righteous instead of you know declare righteous or anything like that and then from there that error passes into the medieval tradition and then kind of goes everywhere and um so i had that as a narrative in my head which other people like write and others had adopted but i was just coming across all these early sources yeah. that were using justification in this make righteous sense. Mm. So, you know, Latin sources before Augustine's like Tertullian, but then tons of Greek sources as well, mm. who there's, there's not like some sort of Latin mistranslation. They're just mm. reading the Greek, the Greek <laughs> sources. Yeah. And um, so it's interesting because it does end up really changing the narrative. It does, there doesn't, I guess you could say his book doesn't have that kind of fall narrative where this yeah. is all due to, you know, Augustine's mis mistranslation just just doesn't work with the data. Yeah. So anyway, some fun details with Alistair. So I I have been chomping at the bit since Russell and I started this podcast to have a chance to tell my Alistair McGrath yes, story yes. on on the air. And it, I'll try to keep it quick, but before I came to Regent, I did a master's in interdisciplinary humanities at Trinity Western. Yeah. Um, specialized in philosophy. And uh when I first showed up, like literally two weeks after I showed up, I was this, this super shy green grad student, had no idea which way was up in grad school, you know, but I had heard that uh, Trinity was getting Alistair McGrath to come out to give a talk uh, specifically on like science and faith or something like that. And uh, so I, I knew Alistair McGrath. I had, cause I had recently read his biography of CS Lewis. Yeah. And so I was pretty stoked on this and I thought, you know, it'd be cool to make, be a cool like networking opportunity or whatever. So I sign up to go to this thing. And I assumed, like, I, I just assumed everyone was signing up for this because I'm like, guys, it's Alistair McGrath. Like, come on, like, it's cool, right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but I show up to this thing and it's me in a room full of faculty. I'm, I'm like the only student. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I, I don't really know how to, like, I'm like 21 years old, still driving my pickup truck with, covered yeah. with Alberta dirt, you know? <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I don't really know how to navigate this, but like, you know, just play it cool. And I'm, and you know, that terrifying moment where you walk into the, like the school cafeteria and you don't know where to sit and you're like trying to figure out, and it was like that, like times 10. Cause I'm in this room with all Trinity faculty, all these like visiting professors yeah. and everything. And I'm looking around and I'm like, none of my, none of my classmates are here. I don't know what table to sit at. I see a table over in the corner and it's Alistair McGrath at this table with like two other professors and there's an empty seat at that table. And I'm like, 
am I allowed to go? <laughs> am I allowed to just go sit at that table? Like, I don't know. I don't know. And so I don't know what possessed me, but I, I walk over and uh, I walk over to that table and Alistair sees me coming and kind of makes eye contact with me. And I'm like, Hey, is, is, is this chair taken? And he's like, no, no, it's no, no one's sitting there. Grab it. I'm like, all right. So I grab a table and I sit down beside him and I'm like, Hi, like Dr. McGrath, it's really nice to meet you. My name's Dryden. I like shake his hand. We have a chat. And I'm sitting there thinking like, this is how easy it is to like meet people. You just have to like walk <laughs> up to them, you know? Like, and so uh, then, then we had a lunch and together and uh, listened to his lecture and it was all good. But that's anyway, every time Alistair McGrath comes up, I'm like, oh yeah, I sat beside him and had lunch and uh yeah i'm sure he doesn't remember that but um yeah that was that was that was pretty influential on me realizing oh you can actually just like go up to people and introduce yourself and you know that's awesome yeah that's awesome and he is like i mean he's he's approachable as as well you know he's somebody who again you know like like tom Wright. it's like you know what he wants to do is he wants to embody the material that yeah. he's teaching. He doesn't just want to, you know, intellectually be able to argue one thing or another. And, uh, and, you know, because of that is, is part of why, you know, having his, you know, support and everything just like means so yeah. much to me personally. Cause For it's sure. like, that's, I mean, that's absolutely what, you know, what I, you know, aspire to, to yeah. be like as well. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, the example that he sets, um, I just, I just like, like with rice and yeah. I've, I've really benefited from a ton. Cool. Well, Matt, we want to be respectful of your time. Cause we know you're a busy guy. You got to go, uh, teach some classes, meet some people. Yeah. I'm going know. to your school. I'm going you to Trinity. Headed back so. to the alma mater. So yeah. T- tell him, tell him I said, hi. Yeah. Over there. Hey. And, uh, says, hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it was really great to have you. Thank you so much for making time for us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me here.